You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. He can sympathize with what we're going through. He sympathizes with us. He has compassion on us. It means that Jesus, the Son of God, who was enthroned in heaven, our high priest, knows what is going on in your life and sympathizes with your affliction. He sympathizes with your grief. Chances are you've had your fair share of troubling circumstances that left you thinking there isn't a single person who could relate. Unfortunately, we as believers sometimes feel this way towards God. However, as Pastor Dave discusses in his teaching today, we do have a Savior who can sympathize with us. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 11 as he continues his message, The Compassion of Jesus Christ. What does this tell me? It tells me that God sees the tears of those who are grief-stricken. It tells me that when we weep, God sees your tears. It tells me that God is moved with compassion when he sees your tears. It, it, it tells me that God is touched by your tears tells me that he remembers our tears and he wants to dry our tears. In fact, in Revelation 7, 17 and in Revelation 21, 4, it said God will wipe away all our tears. There will be no more tears in heaven. And yes, that is at heaven and that is there. But here today, we shed tears and we have pain. And some of you might be having pain today. Some of you might be having a tearful day today. You might be shedding tears. You might happen to you. But I want you to know that the same God who will wipe away your tear, is also consoling you right now. He's also consoling you right now. And what he wants to do is he has such compassion for you, he wants to gather you up in his arms and pull you close to him. He wants to pull you close to him and comfort you during your time of woe because he understands it. He knows it. He sees it. He hears your cries. He knows what's going on in your life. And he wants to do that. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you comfort. I call it sweet consolation. Sweet consolation by our Lord and Savior who wants to draw you in. Now, some of you aren't huggers. And when he goes to draw you in, go, I'm going to hug you. Let him draw you in. Let him pull you into his arms and hug you. Let him call you his little bubble. Let him give you a noogie on the head. I don't care. Let him draw you into yourself. Let him pull you in. He wants to hug you and tell you his love. So many of us think it's not manful to cry. My Savior's crying. My Lord is crying. My Lord and Savior is crying. 
He's with Mary and she's weeping. The mourners are weeping and wailing. And we read that it says Jesus groaned in the spirit and was, in, was troubled. And it's extremely interesting here. The Greek word here means indignation. It means indignation. Why would Jesus be indignant? I can tell you why. He created this world and he sees the ravages of sin that is destroying it. And he's moved with indignation because the ravage of sin, because of the death that has come in. Death had become the enemy, and Satan was now using that enemy to scare us all, to make us all fearful of that final time when we would die. But remember what he said to Martha? He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. He will never die. See, Jesus will defeat death very soon. Very soon after this time, he will defeat death on the cross. The victory would be won. Jesus was indignant because of sin. Mary takes Jesus to the tomb, and Jesus cries. He weeps. You know, there are many, many reasons why Jesus wept that day. I said the destruction of sin, the unbelief that was surrounding him by the Jews that were coming with him, the ones that wanted to hurt him, I think he wept because he knew he was about to pull Lazarus out of paradise. If you think he wept, what did you think Lazarus did? Lazarus is in paradise, and he's going to pull Lazarus out of paradise to come back. And these are all very true, and they all apply. But I really think the main reason that Jesus wept this day was because of his great care and compassion for those who suffer. I think he was overwhelmed with the emotion of compassion for he had for Mary and Martha and his dear friend Lazarus. He was overwhelmed. Yes, he had told the disciples that he was glad for their sakes that they didn't come earlier, but there was not to here to keep Lazarus from dying and he delayed his coming. But this doesn't mean he didn't look on suffering lightly. He did not look on suffering that was lightly. And even though he always chooses to do what will ultimately bring the Father glory, sometimes, as in Lazarus' case, it requires affliction and grief. Sometimes we need to go through a time of affliction and a time of grief. And those are the times that we do not want to run away from him. Those are the times we need to run to him those are the times we need to run to him and into those arms that are always open wide. Just think of him sitting there going, come to me. Come to me. Let me console you. Let me love on you. Let me comfort you. He doesn't take delight in our affliction. He doesn't take delight in our grief. Instead, he is sympathetic. The writer of Hebrews, says the very same thing in Hebrews 4.15. He says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. He can sympathize with what we're going through. He sympathizes with us. He has compassion on us. It means that Jesus, the Son of God, who is enthroned in heaven, our high priest, knows what is going on in your life and sympathizes with your affliction. He sympathizes with your grief. And he wants to comfort you. Our Savior is compassionate. We have a Christ who is our glorious high priest. He has passed into heaven and he makes intercession for us. But he is sympathetic high priest. 
because he understands my weakness. He understands my frailty. He understands my frame. Because he became a man and experienced temptations and he experienced his emotions just like I do. And I can relate to him and he can relate to me. And he relates to me better than I relate to him because he understands me better. He, empathize, he empathizes with me. What a glorious high priest we have. What a glorious high priest. What a glorious high priest. Jesus wept when he looked on man's misery and this demonstrates our Lord's loving human nature. His compassion for people and the life he offers to those who believe. Our Lord's weeping reveals his humanity. He has entered into our experiences and he knows how we feel. In fact, he was the perfect God-man. Jesus experienced these things in a much deeper way than we do. A much deeper way. His tears also assure us of his sympathy. What did Isaiah call him? A man of sorrow acquainted with our grief. Now today, he is more merciful and faithful high priest, and he asks us to boldly come to the throne room of grace. Boldly come into the throne room of grace. Boldly to come into his presence, he's asking us. And throughout the scriptures, we read of the compassion of our Lord. Psalms 86, Psalms 111, Psalms 112, Psalm 145, all speak of the Lord as being compassionate and full of mercy. David knew that the evil of man did not negate the goodness of God. Man's evilness did not negate God's goodness. Praise God for that. God is full of compassion. He's gracious. He's long-suffering. He's abundant in mercy and truth despite the pride and the violence of man. Read the Gospels, as we said earlier. Jesus has compassion on the multitude. He heals their sicknesses. He tells the disciples to have compassions on others. Paul, talking to the Philippian church, tells them to look out for each other. Look out for each other. Look out for your own interests, but look out for the interests of others. Esteem others higher than yourself. Have compassion. Have compassion. As Jesus encountered the depth of human need, he was moved with compassion for them. He saw this depth of their need. He wasn't stoic. He didn't walk away from people's problems. He went to them. And it's really cool because the word used for compassion here, <laughs> splag synthesis, whew, is the strongest word of pity in the Greek language. It describes compassion which moves a man to his deepest depths to his deepest depths. Even the mourners who had followed Jesus to the tomb and saw tears in his eyes said, that's evidence of his love. Look at 36. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. See how he loved him. I love it. This wasn't mocking. They were recognizing his compassion. They were recognizing his love for both Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But sadly, as we finish in verse 37, and some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? No one believed that Jesus could or would raise Lazarus from the dead. No one believed it. Only Jesus knew what he was about to do. Only Jesus knew what he was about to do. So let's wrap this up. Jesus certainly was a man of sorrows, but not his own sorrows. Continuing on in Isaiah 53, 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Because his love is great, he made our pains 
his pains. He took our sin upon himself. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become his righteousness. He took it upon himself. Through all the ages, I'm sure not many kings cried. I'm sure if they did, they weren't kings very long. Because it wasn't real impressive when a king cried. But it's a great comfort to know that we have a sovereign God who not only knows our frame, according to Psalm 103, not only knows what is in us, according to John 2.25, but also shares in our flesh and our blood in Hebrews 2.14. God himself took on our humanity. God him took on our humanity. He took on our feelings, even sorrows. We're finite and frail, but God gave us these mighty emotions and we celebrate, we grieve, we rejoice, we weep. But Jesus is right beside us doing those same things. One commentator said this, Christ, quote, Christ has put on our feelings along with our flesh. Throughout the gospel, Jesus clearly manifests human emotions. When we heard the centurion's words, when he, when he heard the centurion's words, he marveled in Matthew 8. In the Garden of Gethsemane, it says that his soul was sorrowful, even unto death in Matthew 26. And in Hebrews 5, 7, it says he prayed with loud cries and tears. But no one shows us true human emotions of Christ like the beloved disciple John. John really had Touch for Jesus' emotions. Why? Remember John leaned his head on the breast of Jesus? What did John call himself? The disciple that Jesus loved. That's how he calls himself. When you're reading the Gospel of John and it says the disciple that, leads, that Jesus loved, John's talking about himself. That's how much he realized how much Christ loved him. And this is before, well, he writing after the, uh, after the crucifixion and resurrection. So what burden are you carrying today? What's causing your grief? What are your concerns? Maybe you're at the point of tears. You know, there's a scripture that we use a lot. I don't mind that we use it, but it really comes into play right here. There's the scriptures that we write, but, but we really need to give it some clear thought once in a while. We really need to look at it very, very clearly. It's found in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, when uh, we're going to read 6 and 7. Peter is saying, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in your due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Your know, life is filled with woes and cares. Each of us carry woes and cares on our shoulders. It may be first of the month, and probably bill time. That's a big woe for a lot of people. Time to pay the bills, time to pay the rent, time to put food on the table. And these, these cares and these woes weigh us down. They become heavy for us. They lay us down. In Hebrews, we're supposed to lay aside the weight of the world. We're, we're supposed to lay aside the weight and fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who the joy set before him, endured the cross, and sat down at the right hand, despising all shame. We need to lay it aside, but where do we lay it? 
Where do you lay this weight? Where do you lay this burden? Where do you lay this problem? You do what Mary did. You lay it at his feet. You lay it at Jesus' feet. Have you ever felt when you're going through something like this, you might have even said to yourself, nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody realized what's happening to me. They've never walked a mile in my shoes. They don't know what's going on. Have you said that? Nobody's ever felt my sorrow. It's interesting when you say this, Satan starts to play games in your mind. He says, you're right. They all hate you. They don't like you at all. You're right. And you start buying into it. He, he makes us feel like no one has ever suffered as much as we have, that we're all alone. It sounds like Elijah. Remember Elijah? Lord, they killed all the prophets, and I'm the only one left. What's going to happen to me? Relax, Elijah, bud. I got a few more left. Hang in there, pal. Peter tells us to cast our weight upon Jesus, to cast our cares upon him, for he cares to us. That should be a comfort. That should be a comfort to you when you read that Jesus cares for you. Say it with me. Jesus cares for me. Jesus cares for me. Jesus cares for me. Do you believe it? Do you believe I mean, really believe it. It's easy to say. It's easy to say Jesus cares for me. We throw it around. Oh, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. But do you believe it? Do you live it knowing that it's true? You know, all others are going to fail us. I've said a million times, and I don't mind saying it again. If I haven't failed you yet, hang around. Trust me, not my want. I don't want to purposely harm you, hurt you, or fail you. But because of my human frailty, I will. I will. Don't want to, but I will. Though others may forsake you, Though others may fail you, Jesus says, I will never forsake you. I will never, ever leave you. If that doesn't encourage you when you're going through a bad spot, when you're going through a poor time, and I look around the room and I see some of you struggling right now with some really tough things. Jesus is there for you right now. He's there, right there for you right now. He cares more than you could ever realize how much he cares you know, the prophet Jeremiah, God spoke to him during the captives in Babylon. They felt deserted by God. They didn't think God had anything left for them because they had been carried away now. It's been almost 70 years that they were carried away. And they're in Babylon of all places, the most pagan city there was. But through the prophet Jeremiah, he declares this for them. And you know the verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's what God's saying to you today. That's what he's saying to you right now. I know the plans I have for you. I know the things that we're going to do together. I know what's coming up next. I wrote the book. I see the end results. I know what's happening. Jesus constantly told the disciples about the Father's care. And I think Mark taught on it last week about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. He, he constantly told them, and, and if, if God cares for the birds and he cares for the lilies, how much more is he going to care for you? How, how much more does he love you? 
I don't know if you remember, but we, I don't know if we sang it here. We might have sang it here a couple times, the song, He Knows My Name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. Do you really know how much Christ cares for you? Do you really know how much he loves you? I think some of us don't. I think some of us are stuck somewhere between this myth that we think it is and the reality. Well, I just spent seven days in Jerusalem and believe to tell you, this is not a myth. This is a reality, a true reality. How do we know Christ cares for us? How do we know that he loves us? How do we know that the promises are true? How do we know? Right there. Romans 5, verse 8. God demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died on a cross. Why do we need more proof than that? Why do we think Jesus has to climb back on that cross every single time? That's the proof. If Satan ever comes to you and calls you to question or doubt the care that God has for you, look to the cross. Look to the cross. Look at the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Look to the cross. God showed you how much he cared for you right there. And Paul says, if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how much more shall he not freely give us all things? You're here today. You came today. You may be feeling pressure, strain, because things you experienced past week, you may be worried about things you're going to face tomorrow. You might be burdened by these things. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. If you are experiencing something today, some pain or some trouble, if you're caught up in something that has gotten you down or something that is holding you down, Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. And he's right there beside you right now, telling you to look to me, Jesus is saying. Look to me. I love you, he's saying. I care for you, he's saying. I have compassion on you, mercy on you. I am full of love, and I am bounding in grace. There is nothing that I cannot handle. There is nothing that I cannot handle. That's what he's telling you today. There is nothing that you have done or will ever do that will keep my love away from you. He is telling you that today, pure loudly. Listen to him, and he speaks. Listen to God as he speaks to your heart right now. Lay aside the weight. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's telling you that his love will always be available to you. It will always come to you, just like that ocean and the waves constantly come in day after day. Constantly. Whatever your burdens, whatever things that are happening in your life, whatever things that are down the pike that you're worried about, that has caused you to be anxious, Cast your cares on Jesus Christ because he cares for you. Doesn't matter what it is. You are a sure.
The Gospel of John was written from a perspective that provides an eyewitness account of what happened during the life of Jesus here on earth. Different than the other three Gospels, John's book describes Jesus in ways that confirm him as the Son of God. There are things done and said that can only point to Jesus being far more powerful than what a human could do. In the Old Testament, God referred to himself as, I am. In this book, John recounts how Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the resurrection and the life. These were bold statements, but Jesus proved throughout his ministry that they were indeed true. He lived a life that compelled people to follow at that time, to seek him out, and to commit their lives. And we can also follow him today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit assurehoperadio.com. Perhaps you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about faith, and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. You can also click on the Jesus tab at assurehoperadio.com. This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how he can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.